Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, House of Havoc proudly presents their podcast tag team champions of the world, the big guy Chris Johansson, the muskrat Alicino, and as always, I'm that J-I-double-M-Y, the death of Kayfabe! When you mention NXT, most people think of the show that is now on Tuesday nights. Almost everyone forgets that NXT started out as a tough enough style competition show looking to train the future superstars of the WWE. The first season stars were put together in a faction called Nexus and were catapulted to the main storyline of Monday Night Raw and even headlined the SummerSlam 2010 show. The stars of that faction have left a major mark in the wrestling business and changed the course of the WWE. It's a new year, and with new year comes new resolutions. And what's going to help you complete the resolutions that you set forward for yourself this year? Inspiration. And we have just the company for you that's focused around inspiration. Head on over to staythirstyco.com and put in the code HAVOC to get 15% off on your next order. And make sure you take a look over at the Winter 2022 Collection. That's staythirstyco.com. Drop the O-Y and focus on you. So, Nexus. Their motto, you're either Nexus or against us. Said by Wade Barrett, one of the members. I'm pretty sure there were eight eight members, you said? Eight and then seven when, when Daniel Bryan left. Yeah. All right. So let's get into it. Before well, Barrett was the winner of that of that show. And that's how yeah, he was. So the, the whole reason NXT uh, at Nexus came together, Wade Barrett wins season one. And that's how he's the leader. Which guarantees him a contract. Now the goal, the rest of these guys from NXT did not get a contract because they didn't win. So their goal was they're gonna fuck our shit up until everybody has a contract. Now didn't didn't they didn't these guys they were they were partnered with superstars like the like Yeah, they, they had were, coaches. So like the, the Miz one, was Daniel yeah, Bryan's that's coach. That's the one that I remember the most. Well that's because that's the, the big culmination at, at that SummerSlam, right, which right. we will get to. So it's Wade Barrett, it's David Otunga, it is Skip Sheffield, better known as Ryback. Um what's the guy's name who used to wear the skeleton pants, Justin Gabriel? Daniel Bryan. Who? Otunga? I said Otunga. Who's the other? Tarver. Darren Tarver. Young. Michael Tarver. Michael Tarver and Darren Young. Darren Young, yep. That's the first iteration of the group. Yeah, the, the Nexus, the, the first yeah. Nexus. You said Slater too, right? Slater, you said? Didn't say Slater, but Slater also. Slater. The one-man band, he's Slater. Yep. My guy. They had that incredible. Wasn't their debut on that role when they beat up everybody and destroyed the ring, or was that not the debut? I think that they was... debuted uh, June seventh, two thousand ten. But was that that role? Oh, where I got a. The main event was Punk and Cena for the strap, I believe, and then all of a sudden Barrett came out, and then the whole rest of the first season of Nexus came or NXT came out, and they got down to the ring, they beat up Punk, they beat up Cena, and then they tore the ring up. They beat up uh, the Dapper Yapper. And this, this is the same opening night as when Daniel Bryan choked him out with his own tie and got fired. Is that this? No. 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 The, the group made its debut June 7th, 2010 on the Viewer's Choice edition of Raw. On the main event, uh, Punk faced Cena. Yeah. Uh, and then, yes, they attacked Cena, um, Gallows, uh, Jerry Lawler, Matt Stryker, uh, Michael Cole. Justin Roberts, Timekeeper, Mark Eaton. I don't know why <laughs> we're calling that guy out. Uh, during the attack, uh, Cena got it taken out on a stretcher. Daniel Bryan strangled Roberts with a necktie. Uh, yeah, he got fired. For he that spit in Cena's face. Did he get fired for that? Yeah, he got fired yeah. and they brought him back. And he, he legitimately was strangling Roberts with the yeah. tie. Like and, he was actually choking <laughs> him. Yeah. And he spit in Cena's face, which led to the release of his contract. They felt that they were too violent for the PG uh, programming. His absence was explained by Barrett on June 14th, saying he having felt he felt remorse for his actions. They kicked him out of the group. He claimed that it was a violent arrival, and the whole nine. The rest is history. He comes so back. Brian didn't Brian didn't come back until SummerSlam. Yeah. Wow, I didn't remember that. Yep. Yeah. Because I remember he was like the surprise the surprise guest was the you know the, the surprise member of the so team. Not guest, the surprise member of the team. Right? Yeah. Teased it with it being Miz and the whole night. So, but well, here, here's the thing: when you look at that roster of that time period, like the only real new guy that they had at the time was Sheamus. Everybody else was like a vet, so they needed they needed this. Boost well, let's young, do it this way: young talent. So, what do we think? Let's just do it this way. What do we think about overall the group Nexus? What do we think? Overall, overall failure. I think. I think no. I don't think. I don't think you could say it was a failure. I think. 
don't 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 break down the, the people in the group. I want to know what you thought about the group. So this is as a group of the Nexus, they did their job by bringing in these new guys in a way that makes sense to throw seven new faces on TV at the same time because the NXT fan base, even at that point, is way less of the main roster fan base as it is today. Well, when you look at the, if you look up any top ten list of the Nexus matches involving the Nexus, seven of them are in. I want to say singles matches, but it's involving Wade Barrett as a singles wrestler. Six or seven of them are. Right. So outside of Wade Barrett, and I mean, I'm not really counting, counting Daniel Bryan because he was there for one night and then gone. <laughs> so outside of Daniel Bryan and Wade Barrett, Darren Young had a little bit of run as a joke with the primetime players. Ryback, we know the story with him. Michael Tarver, I had well, to Ryback up. was the main event, though. You can't discount that. He was the main event for... Yeah, for, but for, for the character years, Skip so. Sheffield, it didn't work. He went back down to NXT, oh, well, reworked himself. Right, but a, we're just talking about... Cause, so I'm talking for Justin Gabriel, another guy, never worked out for him. So you're saying, like, the, the initial... So the initial payoff did not pay out for them, is what you're saying. For them, yeah. For those, uh, Otunga had whatever issues he had, wound up relegated to backstage work and calling matches. Michael Tarver was never heard from again. Heath Slater largely became a joke of a character. Wade Barrett's really the only one that took momentum from Nexus and rode it out. Yes. Because the rest of these guys either went back to developmental and were going to try something new. The Nexus didn't do anything for any of these guys, really, besides Wade Barrett. Well, I think, I think... In my opinion, I think for the from June until August when SummerSlam happened, they were the the number one storyline on WWE, and even to have a build to the the, the arguably the, the second or third biggest pay per view of the year is important because, like I said, it got all these guys on TV. They all for the next year after this, they all did were on TV regularly on WWE TV, whether it was SmackDown, Superstars. I mean, they were on the show. You know, Ryback. Yes, he had to go back down and, and fine tune himself. But the, the reality was that none of these guys were really ready except for maybe Barrett. Barrett was probably the most ring-ready competitor. And Brian was too, but Brian wasn't a Vince guy. Yeah. You know, so that's why Brian was not viewed upon. Like if and Brian, on night one, he got himself legitimately fired. Right. And, you know, he was just healing it up. Like, you know, I understand he didn't do what in WWE's mm-hmm. mind was proper. It probably would have been fine if it was a wrestler. Yeah. But right. this guy is not a wrestler. Right. He's and a he's like announcer. a little guy. Vince never liked him. He was, you know, with the whole storyline with Miz, they were shitting all over him. I mean, I remember that storyline more than I remember any of the other storylines, you know, involving the wrestler coach and NXT guy. Right. I don't remember who the other guy's coaches even were. But I think it was, this was a big risk for them to take to put these seven inexperienced guys on TV and be catapulted to the main storyline. I mean, you're in the ring with John Cena. So, well, so this is what I wanted to say. We talked about before with Hangman having a good program and two good matches with Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan, and we said, oh, well, who? And then with Kenny, well, who were they with? Who was he tied to? Because that mattered. You say the Nexus was in the main programs on Raw from June to SummerSlam, but who were they feuding with? Well, John I mean, Cena. Right. So, yes and no, you know, because John Cena is going to take a feud with Hornswoggle and, and put it on his back for two months if you asked him to. No, no, right. But but I think you're you're, I, you're, you're discounting, you know, because it takes two to tango. It can't, you know, yes, Cena carried that program and it, it, it supremely benefited them. But it also, it, it made everything, it made the WWE interesting at that point in time. Because there was nothing going on. Like I said, so, the only, the only, like if you look at this, the SummerSlam card that 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 2000 two, was it 2010 SummerSlam card yes i mean what do you have you have big show was wrestling um edge i didn't watch the whole card when i went back no, to watch I'm, it i I'm only watched to, that main event I, I don't have my notes in front of me i left my these particular notes at work but i think it was like big show and edge mysterio and kane you know randy orton and sheamus and sheamus at that point i think he debuted in 2008 and now he was the wwe champion he just come off that feud with with hunter and he was really the only new face in the company at that point that was kind of getting over. You know, they had nobody else getting over. So I think they used bringing these guys up and feuding them with Cena to try to get, we need new stars to get over because it's like you have all these older injury-prone guys. I don't, I don't want to jump the shark too much here. but um, So that June they debut, that August is the SummerSlam, the WWE versus Nexus match, right? Yeah. So I don't know if either one of you guys know this. That match was booked for Nexus to go over, mm-hmm. and Cena had it changed at the eleventh hour. And everybody in the <sighs> room, everybody involved besides Cena, everyone with the Nexus, 
JR, who was responsible for a lot of booking at the time, they thought it killed all of the momentum that they had and it made zero sense. And they're right. And okay. Go ahead. I'm just going to say from a, from a standpoint of putting them together, I think it was genius on WWE. I just think the execution was bad. Well, it's, they, it's, it's, I know there was a bunch of green guys, but you name these guys. And then later there's a few other people that join that we'll get to, but they're all like, these are all legit guys. We've mentioned, we've mentioned three of three or four of them in today's show. Well, like not for nothing, the, the primetime players were an over tag team at the time. Yes, they were a joke tag team. But I consider were, them a success. They were over. Justin Gabriel, like he didn't really do much. But Never he, sticked. But he was on. But TV, he had ability. On TV every single. Because they week. they were trying. Well, w- with the Nexus, you mean? No, no, no. I'm saying. No, he, even after the fact, he was. He on would go down bit. and up and down yeah, and up yeah, and yeah, down yeah. and up and. Yeah, because they were willing to kick the tires on everything before they decided this guy was a failure because right. he was so I mean, athletically talented. My, my point talented. is, is like it, it did help all the, you know, Wade Barrett became one of the top heels in the company for a five-year stretch. You know what I mean? Until, yeah, until they ultimately buried him. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go down, the before we get into the, the whole Cena thing at, at SummerSlam, I'm going to go down the list of every member, right? Even this, the the second little group that came. When Punk took over. Nexus 2.0. Yeah. And you just tell me, you just tell me if they, the new Nexus. You just, yeah, the new Nexus, yes. You just tell me if they had a successful career, we can call it a successful career, or we we won't. So Wade Barrett. Yes. Successful. Right? Daniel, Daniel Bryan. Obvious. I mean, come on. Darren Young. Now, this is where it gets arbitrary because what well, did he? Well, here we are. What did he want out of his career? Because if he no, just not want, what he wanted, would you consider it a success? Well, he, no. He, here's the thing. If you consider it a success that you're working and that you're doing TV regularly and people know who you are and you have a T-shirt, then yes. But if you consider success as being viewed as a guy, I don't know. Well, He's he, not a guy. He, I'm going to give Darren Young's an interesting case because Darren Young was a gay man at a time when it was not. First. First one came out. Well, the first one to come out. And this was at a time when it was still not viewed as as it is today so for him being in a in an industry that you know i don't know if anybody saw the dark side of the ring with chris canyon a guy who stayed in the closet for every even though everybody knew he was gay he wouldn't come out of the closet because it was so taboo and he didn't want the wrestlers to think differently of him and darren young could have been in that same position where he's not taking the chances because if it comes out that he's gay then oh, i'll get fired or whatever because at that time there was nothing protecting him like that like it is today right so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say he was successful in that he was a working wrestler on WWE television for a good five six year period. So yeah, right. Yeah, I agree with that. I it it determines from that standpoint. It, I'm not saying it's like it's no, determined by how you measure success. He's not gonna ever sell the most amount of T-shirts. He's never not he's never gonna sell the most amount of action figures. He's never gonna be considered oh one of the greatest. He was never time. positioned as a as a prime. And he's player, in new, no he's in New player. Japan right now. Is he? Yep. Good for him. Didn't yes. even know that. So he's still working. So. I'm going to consider it a success. I'm going to say success as, like I said. All right. In the sense that he was on TV. Every Skip time. Sheffield Ryback. Success. I'm going to say no. Not You're saying no from the standpoint of, and, and Nexus did not catapult him to stardom. He got over on his own. Well, and also, like, the reason that I'm saying no is because of the way that it went down for him as Ryback. And it's a yes, dude. You have multiple people. Multiple people who are well-respected in the business that didn't want to work with him because he was dangerous. Right. Okay. So that's why I'm like, yes and no. Yes and no. He did plenty of getting over. I mean, he sold a ton of t-shirts. Yeah. I mean, he's Danny Collins. Danny from the bun is favorite wrestler. So Nexus took... Which is insanity. WWE took Nexus, took 12 guys, right, who were all green, basically, right, with the exception of maybe Wade Barrett at that time, right, and, and Daniel Ryan. Put him in a group over a 12-month period and said, here you go, make it work, right? And for so we go down the list, Wade Barrett, Daniel Bryant, Darren Young, Ryback. Keep, that, keep those, going, though. Keep going. That's they, It worked. So for, for four for four, it worked. Like it, They did what they had to do. They made, they made, they sold T-shirts, right? They, four, four of those guys. So, okay, five. Well, if you're arguing that the ne- Nexus made it work, then I'm a definite no on Ryback because... No, no, not, I'm if, just saying... If Nexus worked WWE, for Ryback, we'd no. be calling him Skip Sheffield. I'm so. saying WWE could have chose somebody else, but they chose Ryback. Right. And it worked out. They chose that guy, right? So he was chosen. So, so keep going. Uh, uh, Michael uh, Taver. Michael Tarver, no. Michael Tarver, no. No. Failure. Failure. Never heard from him again. Fine, great. Justin Gabriel. No. From the standpoint of being on TV every week, yes, as like a successful, like over with the fans wrestler, no. The Fine. fans wanted him to be successful right, and wanted right. him to get over, but he. Fine. Like he, him and Bo Dallas are both, that's how they're he's, in the same 
conversation. Gabriel Fine. Was, Gabriel was too bland. He was a great wrestler, great technician. You know, amazing. He's, aerial he's like skills. Ricochet. Right, but he's there's no there's no personality. Fine. Heath Slater. Success. Mm. Absolute success. Again, if you're gonna say, did he become? I'll say yes because he worked for so long. But like, and he's still working. And he got that gimmick over that I got kids gimmick. He got that. Work. And and the one man band gimmick I mean. and the three man band no, gimmick. He's a success, dude. Flat out. He was Flat successful out. with David Otunga. No. Otunga. As a wrestler, no. As a as a as a play by play guy, no. He was better. Didn't do it for me. I, See, I, I feel like yes. I feel like. He had a career. I feel like yes, yeah, he had he, a career. He was on TV. He was like doing that manager thing for a little while with the girls. I mean, the the thirteenth member, fake, only for a month. John Cena, obviously. I'm not going to count him. I'm not counting him. Husky Harris. No, in the sense that Nexus and the NXT and the Husky Harris character didn't do anything out of this. Yeah, but, but they I knew that. They was knew Bray that. Wyatt successful? Yes, but it wasn't I, because of NXT or Nexus. I just want to point something out. The Bray Wyatt character came out of the bullying that Punk did because Punk singled out Husky Harris and bullied him. And out of that, out of the ashes of Husky Harris came Bray Wyatt. Because, oh, you're going to bully me. You're going to treat me this way. I'm going to show you. And then that's when he grew the beard out. And that's when he developed the, the, the Bray Wyatt character. And I think if you look at it from that standpoint, the Nexus did help him. Because his storyline when, when Punk was taken over was the most memorable of all the storylines. Because Punk, I don't know if you remember, but he singled out Husky Harris. He was like smacking him across the face. And then he would, like the camera would zoom in on him and he'd give like this look like, I'm going to fucking kill this guy if he touches me again. So I think Nexus did help him in getting to the Bray Wyatt character. CM Punk. I mean, no, did, Punk he, was Punk before that. Yeah, Punk didn't, not, did not need the Nexus to get over. Uh, Mason Ryan. No. Who the fuck's that guy? Mason Ryan did not work out. He had the greatest look of all of them, but did not he work did. out. He did, yeah, yeah, yeah. He looked amazing. And the last one, uh, Michael McGillicuddy. Curtis Axel. Curtis Axel. Success. So, he is a success. I don't know if Nexus is the reason he was a success. Forget that. I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about... Quickest champion coming out of Nexus, IC champ. They... He won that title because of his dad. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's the what I, took... you didn't let me finish. The, my point that I was making is they love second, third, fourth generation yeah. superstars. They love keeping it in the family. They love the fact that they could advertise that this is Kurt Henning's son, right? And that helped him more than an, the Nexus probably did. Success, I'll call it a success. Right, so here, here's what we're saying. You're saying that Nexus didn't do anything for these guys. And, and and what I'm, I'm saying, saying were is, they successful because of the Nexus? No, no, no. And what, what, I'm what I'm saying, saying, what I'm saying is, I don't that think you can argue that. I'm what I'm saying is, Vince said he didn't just say uh, Jimmy Whitey and Anthony getting the he the group of guys that he selected to try to make Nexus work, whether it did or not. He was correct with almost all of them. That's what I'm trying to tell you. That two of twelve, uh, two of twelve w- were never to be heard from again. The rest of them. Went on to be a good have a have a somewhat of a career. So can we say this? Can we say, had the booking been correct, then all these guys could have been successful wrestlers. Anybody, I guess, who, but anybody, they got... almost anybody who passes a WWE tryout who is a wrestler who isn't a guy that WWE tries to take and create into a wrestler, if the booking is right, could be successful. Because but five told, of them that's became like, stars that's anyway. That's like saying if if they're in the right scheme and if they're right you know in the mean? right coaching system could could any football player be successful yeah like say, we've say seen that happen five of them became stars anyway right so i think they picked because like all right let me give you the I, i'm sure i think I, we discussed this before terry taylor and kurt henning both of them came into the wwe terry taylor got saddled with the red rooster gimmick mm-hmm. kurt, uh, kurt henning got saddled with mr perfect gimmick Terry Taylor took literally the red rooster meant he's a fucking rooster. He's going to make his hair into a red mohawk and he's going to sit and go cock-a-doodle-doo in the ring. Because he didn't understand that what they meant by the red rooster was he was like the cock of the walk. He's the guy who's going to be super cocky and come in the ring, show how good he is. Because Terry Taylor was a phenomenal worker. Kurt Henning and Terry Taylor are almost in, 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 in interchangeable in how they work. Perfect took the perfect thing and made that gimmick work where where uh, Terry Taylor took that gimmick and couldn't get it to work. So, like, Wade Barrett took that gimmick that they gave him, this, like, British ass kicker, and he made that work. Justin Gabriel couldn't come up, they couldn't come up with a character for him, and he couldn't come up with a character himself. That's why that didn't work. 
not in spite of or because of Nexus, but because the booking did not work for them. You know, and again, nobody says Justin Gabriel is not a great worker. I'm just saying. See, right, the, the problem is. I don't is, necessarily believe there's a, such a thing as a bad gimmick, only bad execution. Because yeah, but, agree. That, but are you are you putting that on the company or are you putting that on the wrestler? It's a combination of things. Like the one I'm always gonna go back to is the New Day. Because the New Day started off as a bad gimmick or bad execution or whatever. Not bad execution. And eventually they realized this is it's also awareness too, right? Because like those three guys realized and were self aware that it wasn't working and they were probably on the way out. And they found a way to morph the gimmick and refine the gimmick and re like articulate their characters and they've been one of the biggest things going in WWE for the last 10 years but now. they but they made that work it right so it that's was, what I'm saying they are not they are it's the nothing. execution they're it nothing was, what they were supposed it to it was be. in spite of the company like yeah. Vincent Ryan who looked like a million fo- I mean you, you even know if I showed you a picture of him would you know who he is no uh, I mean look at that guy if you're gonna draw if somebody said to you draw a picture of a professional wrestler that's what you're gonna draw no I mean he does look he's got the look for sure but well, I've he was never like six four, yeah six four shredded you know good looking guy like, six five two ninety seven so oh. what I'm saying is <laughs> it's fucking three hundred pounds and seven percent body fat get the fuck out of here yeah. that. so yeah. so you you put that guy in the ring and and you give him this big monster heel gimmick but he can't get it over. Dave Batista, same exact, hey. same exact gimmick. So he funny. He got that over. His ring name in his early days was the Celtic Warrior. Was it? Yeah. Um, we we said before we got on the show, right? Uh, this this Nexus segment, um, that this was going to be shorter than Evolution, and I don't even know if that's true because it's not controversial. Evolution. This is controversial. We're getting into it at this point where it's like, you know, talking about this. Well, evolution was kind of a a byproduct of the Triple H reign of terror, where Triple H right, was like, right, right, right. No, of course, of course. Get, I'm gonna show you that I can get <sighs> these two guys over. I'm gonna show you that Ric Flair is 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 still Ric Flair. Like that was a byproduct of that. Where this was like, we're gonna take a huge risk on these seven guys, and hopefully they get themselves over. We're also talking about evolution. Two surefire Hall of Famers at the at the onset. No, one hundred percent finishing with four surefire Hall of Famers. Right? right? I mean, do you disagree? Mm-hmm. Look at the seven that are standing in the ring waiting for the seventh member of Team WWE to come out and show me one. Who's a Hall of Famer? Don't tell me Ryback. Um, a legitimate. Not will they make it in the Hall of Fame? Are they a legitimate Hall of Famer? None of them. None of them. Zero. And that's how I measure greatness when it comes to factions. All right, but you, know, uh, you can say arguably because look at the shield. Well, I was just that I was. Yeah, just but you're taking the, the bet. He's taking, you know. No, but they were nothing, no better or worse than any seven when members the shield, of NXT when, when the they, shield debuted. When All they, three of them got a great gimmick. And within that gimmick... They made it great. No, they and within that gimmick, they all had their own role in that gimmick. Well, that's... My, my point is, is, like, the wrestler is going to make... Like, Vince McMahon doesn't present you with your... You know, even if... Like, Test. They could have taken Test back in the day and said, we're going to strap the rocket ship to you and, and make you the champion. Only Test was going to get there. Like, Lex Luger, when, when Vince McMahon lost Hulk Hogan, he said, I need a new guy. He put his all his stock into Lex Luger. Lex Luger is not championship material. He was a lazy bum who could who, who who was too full of himself to get over. And I'm not saying this as in like as in like against Hogan. I'm saying this as in like he, you know, Vince did everything he could to get that guy to be the next Hulk Hogan, and he was never going to be Hogan because he's not Hogan. You know, Brett. Hart okay, I'm Hogan. I'm cool with that. And the Shield could have went out there because everyone knows by now it's a long, it's a whole different podcast and a long winded conversation about how Punk needed guys to work because he was out of guys to work. We're gonna bring these three guys up if the Shield. If they were up there for a month or two months or four months and it didn't work out and they wound up going back down to NXT and then all of a sudden Roman Reigns shows back up from NXT wearing the, the, the trunks and, and looking like he was in NXT, you, I mean, you could argue that greatness is going to rise to the top regardless. But in this company, you're not 100% in control of your own greatness, whereas in sports, like in, in a legitimate sport, if you're the greatest, eventually you're going to show it. Right. Part of being the greatest in professional wrestling is having the confidence and the trust of the powers that be. So if Roman Reigns came back and Seth Rollins came back up and the Shield didn't work out, 
you could easily sit here and make an argument where their their contracts expire and they never wrestle for Vince again. See, see, like because there's been plenty. Spirit Squad. Right. All Vince did everything he could to get all five of the guys in the Spirit Squad over to eventually turn them into. Yeah, but that's not a good gimmick. Yeah, but the Shield wasn't necessarily a good gimmick. That's they, such a good gimmick. They were fucking laughing at it when they started. Right. When oh, they, that's such when, a good gimmick. When Dean first got told this is what you're going to do, they all thought it was fucking stupid, dude. That, I don't know we're how. We're going to come out like we're a how. SWAT team and wear bulletproof vests. And, and kick the shit out of everybody and be the most right, badass group. Because they decided this is our opportunity. Once we get on that main fucking camera, we're never coming they, off. They so we're going to take this and make I the best I understand that, but I don't – I think – Nobody think decided that for them. You can't compare the Spirit Squad and Nexus to the Shield. The Shield were given – a really good opportunity right away. Not only to work with well, see, CM Punk right away. So, here's, but, here's but the, the Spirit old. Squad was Vince wanted it to work, so they were given more of a leash, and that makes up for the gimmick not being. Yeah, but here's the thing: because you're, if you're it was a super down. hot gimmick, ahead, the leash wait. would have been shorter. Go ahead. WWE presents you with opportunity, and it's what you do with that opportunity that's either going to make or break it. You know what I mean? Like, they, I, I I see what you said, but that's everybody says that. I like to think outside the norm. Everybody says. WWE either presents you with opportunity or obstacles. It's your way to... You have to figure it out. There's no way people haven't gotten obstacles. Let me put it to you this way. If if Kurt Henning and Terry Taylor were given the opposite gimmicks, Kurt Henning would be known as the Red Rooster, and that character would be looked at the way that Mr. Perfect was looked at, where Terry Taylor was never going to get any gimmick over... Yeah, Mr. Perfect would be a joke. Right. Or it would have been recycled by exactly. now. Exactly. They'd be like, oh, Mr. Perfect, how fucking stupid is that? But everybody right. looks at Mr. Perfect as like one of the greatest bumping heels of all time. I get it. But because Mr. Perfect made that work. Like like like, like what Wiper was saying, the, the New Day made the New Day work. Like, yeah, but you what... Take the best, like, you, like these guys had Nexus. They were given this great opportunity. And like you were saying, like they were put in the ring with Cena. And then after that, they didn't really know what to do with themselves anymore. What about the Ringmaster or Stunning Steve Austin? Right. There's a very good. There's just a little step to the left, and we never get the Austin three sixteen. Okay, Kane and, and Doctor. Yeah, Kane is another example. But yeah, but but you would see Glenn Jacobs get in the ring as Diesel, as Isaac Yankum, as all any of these other characters that he was playing, the Unabomber. Yeah, they were trying to make it work, and it wasn't working. He, he was those are to see this thing. To me, those were obstacles. Yeah, but he he per- persevered because they, everybody said, well, he's a good work. Like, look, Kevin Nash was was Oz. They put him in this because Ter- Ted Turner bought the Wizard of Oz, and they put Kevin Nash, this giant, good looking seven foot guy, in in this. In he looked like the fucking this giant Wizard of Oz like goofball, and he tried to make it work. It didn't work. They put him in a, in a tag team with Dangerous Dan Spivey as the skyscraping, uh, not the skyscrapers. They were the Master Blasters. You know, which were like these like road warrior type gimmicks. Then he was Vinny Vegas, where he's like, hey, I'm Vinny Vegas, hey. But then he gets to WWE, he becomes ass kicking diesel. He made the most of that opportunity. Right. But as I'm saying, it's not, it does, it's not always just about. My point is if Kane, like the, I'm not talking about Glenn Jacobs, the character Kane, yeah. if that didn't work and that flopped, Glenn Jacobs is out. No shit. If Stone Cold Steve Austin didn't work. So I'm saying. This was their last chance. They've already been through three gimmicks, and they were able to take that gimmick and make it work. Stone Cold did everything he could to try to make the Ringmaster work, and he did everything he could to try to make Stunning Steve Austin work. And he had the fucking powers that be a Paul Heyman behind right, him the entire time. Right, but that's what I'm time. saying. So people say, they're, oh, WWE gives you opportunity, and I understand that. But, like, really break it down. Opportunity doesn't it, – it's not – all opportunity is not on the same level. Nobody scripted the Austin 316 – promo for him he did that you know what 100%, I'm saying 100% like, I understand that I'm saying but like get the Kane character that's an opportunity that's a legitimate opportunity well, yeah, I could argue you, 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 you want to argue to me that the Kane character is cool and I'm going to argue to you that the idea and the basis of the Kane character is fucking stupid it's goofy as shit it's goofy as hell yeah but, but no you're go- no, no. You're going to have a guy so. come out in a red, a, a, a fire All red jumpsuit. Red jumpsuit. With and the whole on. gimmick is that his face is burnt off. And then we finally get to the reveal. And it's the I, most laughable I, I thing. Will yeah. I will. Like, come on. Okay, man. but before that, who is he? Who is his brother? Well, the Undertaker. The Undertaker. And what is the Undertaker? The, yeah, I mean, yes, he gets the rub from <laughs> like, the Undertaker. No, no, no. I'm saying Undertaker is a, is a not a, not a <laughs> laughable gimmick, but like not a real world gimmick. So either is Kane. He's the dead man. You're, the dead man. You're, like, you're, you're, he's a zombie. Yeah, right. Like, so you're, you're, you're right. so you're taking a you're taking a not realistic gimmick and pairing it with a not realistic gimmick, but 
it worked. So, like, yeah, you know but, what I'm saying? But The Undertaker, like, you know, Mark Calloway made that gimmick work. Of, 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 they put, of course. They could have put that on, on The Godfather. You know, at the time, he was Papa Shango. Yeah. And literally, he'd come out and he'd Yeah, yeah, like yeah. This, yeah. And all this, like, goofy <laughs> shit. Up. You know what I mean? Oh my god! All right, whatever. We're getting off topic. I just it's 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 just funny how you view it that way. But the point the point is is like the guys that got over in the end, you know, the Daniel Bryan's, the Wade Barrett's, the 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 uh, Bray Wyatt's, they got over because they were going to get over one way or the other. You know, and yes, there's obstacles that you have to get through. But again, it's you make the most of your opportunity. You know, John Cena, like, you know, he 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 knew he was on his way out. He's like, I'm going to start rapping on the back right. of the bus. Stephanie McMahon finds him, finds him rapping. And now look at him. Now he's the... the but he's they didn't set him up with those opportunities. He, he had to do it himself. But anyway, the, so SummerSlam. It's Nexus versus WWE. And, and quick quick uh, tidbit of information here. It's old man Brett. It's John Cena. Brett, who can't take uh, bumps. Pro Wrestling right. Illustrated gives the feud of the year to Nexus versus WWE. Gives the most hated wrestler of the year to Wade Barrett. Wade Barrett, and gives, I almost said Stu Bennett. And gives <laughs> and gives rookie of the year to David Otunga. So go ahead. Uh, I mean, go ahead. Just walk us through SummerSlam. Go I ahead. Mean, listen, Ahmed Johnson was the rookie of the year. Where's Ahmed? Do you even know who Ahmed Johnson no, is? No, yeah. no, no, no. Well, I'm just I'm just telling you. Go ahead. Thing with Otunga is I think he's a second or a third generation guy too, right? That's is it, right. No, I don't. I, I, I think no, he's no, a no. second generation. I'll guy. look it up. But walk us through SummerSlam. So the SummerSlam match, they do the whole program leading up to it where John Cena is decided, obviously, I can't take these seven guys alone anymore. I've constructed a team that represents the heart and soul of WWE, even though it's guys that we don't all see eye to eye. And then they come out one by one. And it's Edge. It's Chris Jericho. It's Bret the Hitman Hart. It is John Morrison. Morrison. Um, And... I don't remember. I don't know. to be honest with you, I, I, I didn't even watch the match, the, the main match last night. I watched most of the rest of the show because the NXT, NXT was involved, or ne- uh, Nexus was involved in almost the entire show. Yeah. They were like involved in all the matches and everything else, like really trying to establish their dominance. So they eventually, uh, Edge and Jericho, I think, leave the team. And then he gets Jericho to come back, but not Edge. Am I wrong about was that? that? Was that? That was after WrestleMania 26. Yeah. So that's when Jericho and Edge were in the, in the middle of feuding, right? Yeah. And then he would Edge would go into the feud after this with Del Rio, correct? If I'm not mistaken. Believe so. Yeah. So, so he comes out and they go, they think it's going to be seven on six and, and the whole team comes out and then Cena grabs the mic and he's going to announce the seventh member and then awesome. And out comes the Miz who thinks it's going to be him and... They go, no, 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 Miz, it's not you. It's somebody who loves WWE way more than you. And then out comes Daniel Bryan. Good booking. They have the match. They Great reaction by the Nexus, realizing that Daniel Bryan's back. And holy shit, you know, <laughs> what is this guy going to do? And It's an elimination-style match. Pretty, I mean, the, the, most of the match, the work is good. The, the, the way it's done is good. The antics on the outside, the WWE... Is Jericho going to turn on them? Had Brett the Hitman Hart gets in there, drops a couple of bumps. I don't think he he, he might bump himself, but it doesn't look good. No. He needs to spend the majority of the time on that apron. Well, he he could he's not really supposed to be supposed to be in that match. He can't wrestle. Yeah. He had that match with Vince where he just beat the shit out of Vince and ended up putting him in the sharpshooter at Mania. I mean, it was it was a joke. And then yeah. ultimately, Cena. It's Cena and, and Brian versus Barrett, right? Yeah. No, it is. Uh, Cena versus Gabriel and Barrett, the last three. Yeah, but Brian was, I think, the, la- the second to last member with the. Yeah. You know. Yeah, well, okay, yeah. And so they're originally, Nexus is supposed to go over. Cena says, no dice, I won't do it. Cena goes over in typical Super Cena fashion. It definitely. Two on one beats them both. It definitely stomps out their momentum. Yep. I mean, so this is one of those moments where. Had this gone the other way, maybe we're talking about the Nexus as right up there with the Shield and everybody else because you never know. When I'm talking about moments like the 316 moment and that, you know, I don't know exactly when Kane's moment would be. Is it the Buried Alive match? No, Kane's moment is the Hell in a Cell. The Hell in a Cell. When he rips the, the, the cage door off. Him. Yeah. This has that opportunity where if we see the pump handle slam and Barrett leads his team to victory and then they stomp out Cena. They're not going to lose the momentum. They're probably going to gain. 
at that point, they're going to gain the fans like me and you and you because we were all so sick of Cena being shoved down our throats right, for right, so right, long. Right. So the Barrett next... probably goes on to win a fucking belt. Yeah. The next night on Raw, after that SummerSlam, they have seven one-on-one matches with all the members. From... And whoever lost is out, right? Whoever lost is out, and Randy Orton replaced Bret Hart. Yeah. Uh, only one person lost, Darren Young. He lost to Cena. Just bear, just put more dirt on the fucking <laughs> shovel a little bit more in there. Um, they do credit it with the breaking up of the group. I mean, it's so tough. You know, it's tough because they lasted one year, um, and then it just kind of fell apart. A week after that, Skip Sheffield breaks his ankle during a tag team match, and that put him out of action for almost two years. I forgot about that. So that's probably if he hadn't got hurt, things probably would be way different. Maybe. You know what I mean. He might still be Skip Sheffield in the company, you know? Oh, I think he'd be out of the company regardless. I think just yeah. the, what make that, yeah, I, I don't know what his he, real name is. Th- I think he changed his legally his first name to Ryback. He but hates Cena. He hates fucking <laughs> Vince. He hates the whole thing, dude. Yeah. He'll, he's, he's willing like, to. This piece of shit, Cena won't even sign autographs for kids. It's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> well, nobody wants to work with you because you're known for hurting people and being dangerous. So shut up, Ryback. And listen, Ryback, if you hear this, fuck you. But like I said, like if you, like I said at the top of the episode, you look at the the all of the highlights of the n- things that the Nexus were involved in, and it's Wade Barrett at the forefront of all of it. Yeah. Well, then, so, so then, well, Barrett was the guy that they hitched the wagon to. Yeah. I mean, they like they, they like the size of him. He was a good talker. He was a good heel. He had a good look. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he was a guy that you could see feuding. Did with you Cena. see the video this week? It was ten years ago today. Uh, Wade Barrett took two consecutive RKO's from Randy Orton. And then, like, I saw it was on Twitter or something, and Stu Bennett, who was Wade Barrett, like, quote tweeted it with laughing faces, and he was like, he really kicked my ass that day. <laughs> he, he ate a fucking RKO through the chair to oh, end the match. God. It says uh, January 3rd. Now we're January 3rd. New Nexus. Yes, now we're six months. Yeah, but New Nexus, like, I, you know, that was so in and out because wasn't that right after the Straight Edge Society? They disbanded in September. So they came in in January. They stayed till September. They stayed. They kept that group together till September. No, the, the no the Straight, straight Edge Society. Society oh, disbanded in September. Previous, so three months later, and then he when, took over as the leader of. Uh, but then when did when did the new Nexus break up? Oh my, let me see. I think it's because I I I the only thing I remember about that was him bullying Husky Harris. July seventeenth, two thousand eleven. So six well, months. Was New Nexus when they put Cena in, or was that the first iteration of the Nexus? No, the first iteration. So they put Cena in, and basically it's a stupid angle to begin with, because even though he's in, Barrett's playing the whole time, like you're not with us, and like undermining right. him, and Barrett ultimately throws him out, right? And yeah, it lasts maybe a month like or something like that. Yeah. I think this was a great idea that had a lot of working moving parts that had a lot of upside that was definitely the just as the fire was about to start ripping and roaring we dumped ice cold water on it at the main event of SummerSlam. right that's ultimately my take from the nexus well it's like it's like and a lot of good workers that never quite got the character down if you if you if you look at historically wwe it was hogan and then kind of like a mishmash of a bunch of guys within the bret hart show michael's era we'll call it then it was stone cold then it was uh, Rock, then it was Triple H, then it was Cena, and like, and now it's Roman. You know, so Vince has always hitched his wagon to like that one guy, and you know where they call it the Triple H reign of terror. What Triple H did was no different than what Hogan did. He just did it from a heel standpoint, and what Cena did is no different than what Triple H did. He just did it from a face perspective, right? You know, and Roman now he did it as a face. Now he's doing it as a heel, and he's just gonna be there because that's Vince's guy. You know, Vince will always have his guy. So I could see, you know, and again, it's like it's tough when your top guy is saying to you, I don't want to do this. You know, the the good old uh, that doesn't work for me, brother. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. So it's just so it, it's a shame that they, they squashed him out like that because Nexus could have been something, you know. I mean, Barrett could still be working. Little, little, a lot of these guys could footnote, still be working. Little footnote here. Uh, Darren Young. He stated uh, not that long ago that. Uh, Nexus was supposed to be originally booked and returned for WrestleMania 36 in 2020. He said in a documentary on the network, can't, I don't know what documentary it is, but when um, they said it was canceled because Daniel Bryant walked away from the company. Okay. Otherwise, they would have had the full reunion. Here's the thing. Daniel Bryan 
if you look at his career, has made everything he's ever done work. 100%. Everything he's ever done has worked. Slightly with the exception of Daniel Wyatt. That worked. Well, it worked. It worked. worked. The fans just didn't allow it to work. See, the fans, the fans, Vince should have been like, fuck the fans. I'm just going to go with it because it's working. Because he was incredibly – when he put that jumpsuit we, on. Yeah. We knew that Vince never wants to say fuck the fans because if Vince felt that way, the best thing to do would have been to turn John Cena heel anywhere from 2012 to 2016. No, I, I 100% agree. I'm just saying it, it not not that it didn't work. It worked. It's just the fans didn't want it to work because they wanted him to be and the face. just as a sidebar, uh, forever everyone was worried about doing anything, getting too cute with Cena because you don't want to lose – the admiration and the t-shirts and everything else, right? Oh, yeah. Well, he's a completely unlikable piece of garbage for the majority of Peacemaker, and it has not hurt his image one bit. Yeah, that's different. And he's saying cunt and fuck and, like, racist he, stuff in character, and it's not hurting his... Yeah, but it's... it's it, it's. And I think he's phenomenal as Peacemaker. What Whitey's, what Whitey's two, trying to two say two is he's, he's larger than... No, I think he's two larger two than life audiences. now. It's You don't have... All right. I don't mean to sound this to sound the baby. You don't have the special needs people watching Peacemaker that I know. I mean, maybe they are, but they're not. You know, like Wendy would watch Peacemaker and she'd hate John Cena in Peacemaker. Well, you and I love John. We Cena differentiate. You know what I mean? But I feel like once you right, hit that, just the, the the neurotypical kids are in the age. You know, on the top end of the age group that we're looking at here, from twelve to fifteen, are a hundred percent watching Peacemaker. Is it weird but, for me to say that Hogan never stepped out of Hogan? Right, so Hogan was always like that larger than life character in WWE. Yeah, but Hogan always worked as a heel from day one. No, no, I'm just his saying whole, his whole career he works. But like, people only viewed Hogan as a wrestler, right? And now The Rock, and now Cena, and uh, you know, like these guys have stepped out past wrestling. Like they've yeah, they've, but they're they're better than Hogan was not a good actor. Hogan was a terrible. Well, I know, actor. I know, but yeah. I'm saying, and that, and for that for reason, the Rock, the Rock is like you could, he's at least believable. For that Cena reason, John Cena isn't isn't. John Cena, he's Cena's peacemaker. Going, you know what I mean? Cena's better than The Rock, I think. Yeah, hundred percent. Oh, you could tell he's gonna be better. Than no, the yeah, a hundred percent. The separation between John Cena and and the peacemaker, Chris Smith character, for sure. But when you're looking at especially kids, they've always. They've, I'm not making this up. This is something that I've read along the way. They're not going to be able to separate the two, and they were always worried about whether or not the ability to separate the two was. And I'm pretty sure when Cena finally, first of all, the company's in good hands because we got Roman is ready to be the guy. And he was ready to, if that wrestling image is destroyed, he was ready to walk away from wrestling full-time for good in order to pursue this. Let me ask you this, because The Rock has obviously now paved the way for guys like Batista and Cena to have that separation. Like, you don't watch Guardians of the Galaxy and you're like, oh, there's, you know, Dave Batista. Evolution Dave Batista. You don't watch Peacemaker and go, oh, there's, you know, Hustle, Loyalty, Respect, John Cena. Like, you're able to separate now where back, like, 10 years ago, I don't think you, like, Rock still had that stigma of being... Scorpion King was weird. Well, here's why. Here's why. Guardians of the Galaxy comes after Dave Batista is pretty much retired from full-time wrestling. Correct. Peacemaker, Suicide Squad... Anything else Cena has done as an actor, like after he's done full time wrestler, Scorpion King comes out almost, almost right around the time Rock's about to take off as a sports entertainer. No, Scorpion King comes out two thousand or two thousand. Well, I thought he, it was ninety nine. Well, he did. He did. Ninety nine was when the Mummy came out, and then he was in the Mummy Returns, and then he got the Scorpion King from the Mummy Returns. All right. So off. Mummy Returns, I think, was oh two oh three. Oh, two, because he left and then came back and then left again. You know what I mean? But again, for a long time, The Rock had that stigma of, oh, it's the wrestler, The Rock, playing an actor. Now it's just The Rock. Now it's just the actor. Yeah. It's just the yeah. actor, The Rock. So I think The Rock has made it now where you can separate John Cena from being, you know, there's still a portion of the audience that's not going to be able to separate that. Like the younger... And I'm not talking the 12 to 14 year olds. I'm talking like the the six, seven, eight year olds, but the like, six to ten year olds. He's I mean? he hasn't been around long enough now. If he shows up on SmackDown, say six months from now, are there do eight year olds, seven year olds know who he is? Care about him? Who Cena? Yeah. Well, they're yeah. gonna know more as an Dude, actor at this point. That's what I'm will. saying. Yeah. As a as a as Super Cena, John Cena, the WWE hustle, loyalty, respect coming out. But that doesn't he, happen. That's without, been gone for six years now. But that doesn't happen without The Rock being who The Rock is at this point. I think The Rock paid. No, I know. Out. But what I'm saying is, if he were to come back now, he's more of an actor I, than I wrestler. think his kid, like the kids, because he's always been John's for the kids, which is great. We love him for it. 
he's been gone from wrestling for six years now. So if somebody was five years old when when Cena left full like full time, they're eleven now. Right. So anybody who knows Cena the wrestler as a young kid is in that twelve to fourteen age group now. Like is an eight year old that's watching wrestling right now, if we if we put on Raw and you got it your seven year old or your eight year old son. Cena comes out, they're not going to know who the fuck he is. They're not going to resonate with him as a wrestler. There's no one they resonate with. Well, no, I think they resonate with the Usos. I think they resonate with no, like, the, the New, new day. day. Yeah, the, the New, new Day. day the for sure. Well, the I, yeah. AJ Styles. I guess oh, Randy yeah. Orton and Riddle. You know, Riddle for sure. Riddle Alpha for Academy. Sure. Uh, I'll tell you what, Alpha Academy is. We didn't really talk about this in our current, but Chad Gable is doing wonderful things. Yeah, yeah, yeah they is. are for he sure. Is. I mean, there's, I just have to say. Let's that. bring it back to the Nexus because we're getting a little off track here. I mean, is the best match they're involved in that SummerSlam match? Best angle, best match. Yeah, I guess. Best, best yeah. everything. Is, it all is, builds to that one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe their best angle is when they came out, they introduced, introduced themselves and destroyed the ring. That's their best angle and their best match is definitely the SummerSlam match. Yeah. And that's really all there is to talk about. I mean, it's a two... A two two event thing. I mean, it's a it's a definite what if. It's a good story of what could have been, which you know yeah. the the history of pro wrestling and is. what was though because and what was we still see those guys yeah. that rose to prominence beyond that. You know I what don't, I mean? I, don't, I mean, to be honest with you, there's not really too much else to be said about the Nexus. I mean, you could talk about who was in there and where they've been, but it's like they it it, it didn't benefit them as much as it needed to, and it it wasn't. It, I mean, for that three month time period, biggest story in WWE. All right. So this is how uh, it sounds like we're we're, we're pretty wrap much it, yeah. wrapping right. it up, right? So this is how I'm going to wrap it up. For all parties involved, make it a, a simple, broad, you know, for the company, broad stroke for the company, for the industry, for the seven or eight men involved. Nexus was a flop, or not? Not a flop. For me, not a flop. Just, just not a flop. Just for me. I'm not saying. I mean, you could. You could, you, I, I think I'm always going to view it, view it as a flop and more about what could have been. Like I said, was. if you're viewing it as what could have been, it was a flop. But if you're viewing it as what it was, well, then it's, you don't it look at success. what could have been if what was was worth it, right? You don't look like <laughs> I guess, like yeah. Wade Barrett did go on to have a nice run, and he was a great worker, and he was one of my favorite guys in that 2012 to 2015. Bad timeline. news, Barrett. Then he eventually became Bad News right, Barrett and got stopped out. Can I equate it to something? I'm going to equate it to the 2006 New York Mets. We were talking about that as we were coming in today. And the 2006 New York Mets will always hold a special place in my heart. They didn't win. It's a team that went and Carlos Beltran. The lasting memory everybody has about the 2006 Mets is Carlos Beltran striking out with the bat on his shoulder with the bases loaded. But forever, I will remember that season as like the Mets dominated the National League that year. Yeah. They had the best record in the National League. They were they were a great team to watch, a fun team to watch, hitting home runs. Jose Reyes stealing bases, playing a phenomenal defensive shortstop. David Wright coming into his own as a superstar. And was this a season a success? I mean, do you consider them getting to the National League Championship Series and losing in seven games a success? Yes. Or is that a failure of a season? You know, and the Nexus headline SummerSlam, the second, arguably the second or third biggest pay-per-view of 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 that you know of every year is, is SummerSlam. So from that standpoint, in my mind, the Nexus was a success because it got WWE through three months of storyline, a quarter of the year. I think part of it for me is definitely because that was in a dark, probably like late 2010 to like until I met you. Not really, really keeping up with wrestling, not watching it every now and then. Like watch Mania, watch you know catch it when you catch it but i wasn't super invested in yeah, that it's not point like you're watching Raw every week. so i wasn't yeah i wasn't really sure and even like when we said we were going to do nexus i sat there and i was like well, who was in the nexus i'm like well i remember barrett they, or, they i forgot have... ryback was in the nexus i forgot the i knew daniel bryan i knew barrett i knew heath and i knew darren young and that was it i, I honestly i always forget that otunga existed they might have been more successful had they brought them on not all at once like i think that if they established a few characters as like you know maybe barrett and a few a few other characters as okay this is the nexus this is who we are kind of beat some people up and then kind of bring in oh i'm we're, we're now we're growing 
because it's there's no it's so hard to have character development with eight characters immediately. You know what I mean? Right. How do, so people get lost in in in, and, and in the? I feel like that was done by design though, because it's like the easy way. You put one logo on eight faces, and it's easier to fucking package it. No, I get it. I get it. But it's you like know? it's like let's let's find. I, it's I, like this Costco. is the only way I can see Costco it selling better. the variety packs. You know? Like we're gonna put so, two flavors you like and two flavors you don't, but you gotta buy all. So four here right. here's the gimmick. Here's the gimmick with like uh. Like the shield, okay? Three guys we didn't know, just like there was eight guys we didn't know, right? In theory. And I feel like with the shield, we learned fairly quickly. All right, these guys hit hard. We learned fairly quickly that Ambrose talks, that the Seth Rollins is kind of like the brains behind the operation, and that Reigns is the tough guy. Like, I think we learned that fairly quickly. There are other things that I thought I learned. Like, I thought Reigns sucked initially. Oh, we all I thought Reigns sucked initially in the ring, on the mic, as it for character development yeah, yeah, for yeah. all of it. And I thought Rollins would for sure fucking be hurt the way he worked and be out. And I thought, not not only I thought, when Rollins picked the stick up in the early days of the Shield, you can see Dean like, what are you doing? Give me the mic. You're going to ruin this for us. And he wasn't great on the stick. And all three of them are, are a top promo now. Fine, but So it wasn't like they showed up no, and everything no, no, was no. on fucking no, fire but we from knew, day one. But we knew we could assign... Uh, Roles. role for them right and then in nexus it's like everybody shows up wearing the same shirt and they're like we're here ah like and you're like all right cool i know wade i got that but justin gabriel like who's this guy he just flies around, like, or you know what i mean like you didn't get a good assessment of those guys so i feel like like i said if they started with maybe barrett and uh well i know daniel bryant because you can't really right but if they started with a few guys you learned about them you got to know him and then another guy showed up with a mask on and they throw him a t-shirt and say now you're part of it you know what i mean well let's, or, let's put it let's put it this way in 10 years ago, how old were you guys? 18. 18. 18. So 10 years ago, I was I was 29 years old. And to me, this was an interesting storyline. I think if you ask somebody who was 10 at that point, what do they think of the Nexus? Or they hate them. Well, they, they probably view them as a great heel, you know, great group of heels. That came, I mean, it, it all depends on your perspective of how you look at it also. You know what I mean? Like, like for us, you know, you guys are 18 years old. You kind of, you graduate, you had just graduated high school or just about to graduate yeah. high school. And you, neither one of you were really heavily into wrestling and just looking at it to where these guys all went to like, no, was Nexus responsible for all this guy's success? No, but a lot of the guys who debuted, they don't necessarily have that success. So I think it's just a matter of, they, it was a great three month run and that's what it was. I think that's Yeah. You got to take it yeah. for face value. I just, for me, especially the older I get, like character development is a huge thing. And like being able to, like see different sides of you and you know like the, like different aspects of it's not just what you do in the ring you know it's not unfortunately because if it was like that then you know there are a bunch of people that probably didn't get the I mean the fucking, flowers. fucking Glacier would be a yeah. top 20 yeah. guy of all time so, if it was just about what you did in right, the ring so <laughs> but, no, I know I was just being, was, but still that's what I'm saying good you know? it was hyperbole yeah. Yeah. Good, good but yeah that I mean that wraps up wait no I mean I'm, I think I think you said all we could say yeah, so uh, as always, we're brought to you by House of Havoc Podcasting, Tiger Pack Productions, Sachi D. De Niro, Stay Thirsty Company. You're either Nexus or against this. <laughs> I like it. <laughs>